Hello everybody, and as always, I will be your host, Delvon. Welcome back to another phenomenal episode of Views from the Arch. Today, we're talking about Jacob Blake. Alright everybody, let's go ahead and get into the episode today. As I'm sure you all have heard or know about or have seen the uh, at the event that took place in Kenosha, Wisconsin with Jacob Blake on the 23rd at approximately 1700 hours, right? So what we're going to do, this will be done in three parts, right? What we're going to do is we're going to go on ahead and give the facts, not, not an opinion, none of that, just the facts. What, what I know, right, about the case um, obviously details will come out later. I can't help that cause I'm doing a recording. <laughs> so I won't be able to, you know, uh, give these live updates to whatever comes out later. We may or may not revisit this on the show. It really does just depend, um, on what, if something breaks in the case later that I'm like, wow, did not see that coming. That's a huge twist in my story. Yeah. We'll, we'll go and talk about it briefly on maybe another episode, but, uh, we're going to try not to revisit too many things. Um, so we're going to go and get into the facts of what happened. Let's talk about exactly what happened, right? And then after that, I'm gonna, I will give you my opinion on what happened. And then uh, we're going to cover a couple other things, all right? Um, so without further ado, Jacob Blake. Now, this was an incident that occurred in Kenosha, Wisconsin on the 23rd. Right around roughly 1,700 hours on 2,800 block of 40th Street. Jacob Blake, black man, 29 years old, has three children, okay? Now, according to police records, the police were the police were on that block relative to a call for disturbance. We're not for sure if it's domestic. We're not for sure if um, Jacob Blake was involved domestically in the situation All we know is that there was a call for police to that block relative to a disturbance, right? We don't know what happened too much before the the actual shooting. And I'll get into the two videos, not just one, but two videos that I've seen um, beforehand. And I will will make it clear before we get into the Too Far Into episode. Have not seen body cam footage. Body cam footage is not released. Have not seen body cam. If there's really good body cam of like the entire incident, we will revisit this because I think that body cam is very, very important, especially when it plays all 25, 30 minutes of an entire call for uh, the police are on, tells a whole different story. So cops respond to a disturbance, possibly domestic. Whenever they show, whenever they arrived on scene, there was a fight between two ladies. Um, Jacob Blake was trying to break up the fight according to multiple eyewitnesses um it's not it's not really uh clear his involvement in the fight although he does have an involvement with both of the ladies okay um now in the course of the fight at some point jacob blake became under arrest that's something that we know um i'm not for sure when that happened or how that happened like I said, we don't have the officer's body cam, so I'm not for sure, and we aren't for sure, how that conversation played out, right? 
we don't know um was there a computer was there some type of like computer check done of mr blake at some point was his identity obtained at some point was he recognized by an officer maybe he had a bolo out at some point we don't know but all we do know is that he became under arrest relative to what is being said to be felonious charges for uh or warrants i should say felonious warrants for uh domestic assault and some type of sexual abuse charge. Um, now, as to the validity of that, I am not 110% for sure, as I can admit. Uh, that's just what the law enforcement side is saying. That's what other sources are saying. Um, but we aren't for sure how that conversation took place or why that conversation took place, right? Um, now... Mr. Blake being known to the police probably isn't um, going to be something that is odd. Uh, Mr. Blake does have an arrest history. Um, one of his, one of his like uh, most recent arrests was actually involving him and a patron in a restaurant. That there was some type of exchange between the two men. Mr. Blake drew a firearm. Police showed up. There was a evading of arrest charge where Mr. Blake was. Uh, had to actually be subdued by a canine unit um, and other officers. So, you know, we don't know if these officers might have recognized him, had his information prior. We don't know. But we do know that at some point during this uh, encounter, Mr. Blake was no longer free to go. Um, now, there are two videos related to this incident. Um, the two videos are, you see the first video. And the first video is essentially uh, the officer is, what was that? Is essentially that the officer is attempting to, actually back up, I'm sorry. I'm getting, I'm getting my videos mixed up. Video one, which I saw uh, the 24th on Twitter, which I'm sure all of you have seen. If you're on social media at all, you've seen this. It's blowing up trending Twitter. It's all over Facebook. Um, so if you have social media at all, you have probably seen this. Um, the first video shows Mr. Blake and the officers kind of getting what well, seems like they're getting up from behind the car. Um, and at this time, it wasn't really clear to me why we were behind a car with Mr. Blake. Right. That was weird to me when I first saw this. So they're getting up from behind the car. Mr. Blake starts walking to the front of the car. He walks around the hood as he's doing so. Like I said, I don't have body cam footage. I can't tell. But an officer has, I didn't know it was a, a, a weapon at the time. But, well, I knew it was a weapon. But I knew it was a firearm. I thought it was a taser. The officer had some type of uh, weapon in his hand. Both officers did. They're following Mr. Blake. Mr. Blake goes to his driver's side. Mr. Blake reaches in, opens up his driver's side door. Mr. Blake bends over, reaches into the car. I don't hear the officer say anything, but I hear the gunshots, right? So now I'm for sure... Well, he was, he was at gunpoint this whole time, walking away from law enforcement. So he was at gunpoint. Um, while he was at gunpoint, I, I don't know. Like I, said, I don't know if there are commands being given, but he does walk. He opens up his door. He reaches into the car, um, and you hear the gunshots uh, from one of the officers. One of the officers does have a hold of him as though trying to pull him back. I did notice in the video that... Um, Mr. Blake is walking with a knife in his hand as he's walking towards his car and he is walk. And as the officer pulls him, 
he actually rips the uh, the tank top, the white tank top that Mr. Blake is wearing. And there are gunshots that ring out. Uh, obviously, people on scene are very upset. Uh, after the gunshots, um, the video kind of skips, it seems. And Mr. Blake is on what appears to be either his side or his stomach. And the officers are, I believe, performing aid. Um, a second video I saw today, uh, which is the 25th. Uh, this video is going to be released on the 30th. Um, so 25th, I saw a video, which will be today's date. Uh, Mr. Blake and the officers are actually wrestling behind the vehicle. I don't know. Like I said, at this time, I'm not for sure why we're wrestling, why we are wrestling with Mr. Blake. Um, because, that, because on the 25th, which is when this is being recorded, there is no body cam footage, right? I don't have body cam. Um Due to some things we're going to talk about later on in the episode, but due to the protest, uh, that department is inundated with call volume, right? And uh, I'll tell you how I know about that in a moment as well. So my guess is either they haven't even, they haven't probably even looked at the video or they haven't released the video or I don't know what they're doing, um, but there's no video, right? So I'm watching a video of Mr. Blake wrestling with two officers behind his vehicle uh, it seems that the taser has been deployed, but has not been effective uh, against Mr. Blake. All the men kind of scramble and stand up. Mr. Blake, I, I'm guessing because Mr. Blake might have drew a knife and they kind of want to get off of him. But Mr. Blake stands up. He is holding a knife. He's walking away with the knife clear in view uh, before he gets into his vehicle. And that's where we pick up on video one where Mr. Blake's walking away, opens up his car door reaches in, shooting. Um, so that's kind of where the facts leave us. Um, important thing to note, uh, so more facts I told you I'd give you. Uh, Mr. Blake was shot seven times in the back while he was reaching into his car, and he did have his uh, children in the vehicle at the time that the shots were being fired. Um. I don't know. For some people, the children plays a really big part of this, so I figured I'd also add that. Uh, but Mr. Blake being shot seven times in the back is definitely something that people are very angry about, and that has been something that I've seen on Twitter. You know, kind of like seven seven times in the back, man, for real, like seven times. You know. Um, so those are the facts as are known to me at this time on this date. Um, I don't know much else besides that. And like I said, we don't have body cam, and I really wish that we did. I'm going to get a drink of water. <sighs> Refreshing. But I knew. <laughs> I wish that we had more uh, to go on. I wish that that body cam footage was released immediately. Um, You know, I, I, I just think that these type of things, uh, you might want to get that footage out right away, right? But anywho, now we've gone through the facts. I'm going to give you my opinion, and I said we'd talk about a couple other things. My opinion, iffy. I, I'm iffy. Um, there's things that I can't call, that I can't uh, verify. You know, um, I've been seeing and I've been seeing on Twitter and Facebook. People were saying, you know, hey, he was armed with a knife. He was resisting arrest. There are two felony warrants. You know, when he was walking away, he was saying he was going to get his gun. 
He was reaching into the car. He was refusing law enforcement's commands. You know, I get it. OTL, you know, obey the law type, you know, basic stuff. Like he was just in arrest. Um, My whole thing is this, you know, I don't want to get too far into this, but those are things we can't verify yet. Right. Um, I don't know how these people know that. Like I said, there might be other information from people who actually live there that know more than I know, you know, being in Missouri. Um, So I don't know how we know all that. But what I do know is this. If that's the case and the body cam footage does come out, that will definitely change my opinion and probably many people's opinion. You know, if he's saying, if he is resisting arrest because he knows he has warrants because he was told he had warrants and now we're fighting with law enforcement, we're being tased, we draw a knife, we're telling people I'm going to get my gun, law enforcement's already on 10 so we just got into a fight, you're reaching in your car after telling the cops you're going to go get your gun to do God knows what, right? Because when you pull a gun on somebody, there's only a couple of things we're going to do. That would change things. Now, these are things that, like I said, I can't verify because I haven't heard them with my own ears. So that's, you know, that's just my two cents on that. Um, Now, as far as, you know, I've been seeing the argument, good shoot, bad shoot. And, you know, not not that shooting anyone's good or the murder of anybody is good. You know, of course, good shoot, bad shoot. We, we speak legally here. Um, I've seen bad shoot, you know, shooting him in the back. You had other options type of thing. I've, I've heard good shoot, you know, because of the things I just told you that I can't verify the what, what was verbally said, right? The totality of the circumstances, as they would say. Uh, I've heard people say, hey, this is a good shooting. Um, for me personally, my opinion, I'm iffy, Right. I'm iffy because there's not enough information. I I want the body cam. I want the full investigation. I want to hear from the officers. I want to hear Mr. Blake did, did not succumb to his injuries. Um, so Mr. Blake is, last time I checked, which was a tweet his father sent out yesterday at about 5 o'clock in the morning, or I guess it would be today, 25th, he is alive and out of surgery. We don't know if there will be complications later. Obviously, when you're shot seven times, that could lead to complications expectedly. Uh, so hopefully if Mr. Blake pulls through and we hope he does, no one deserves to lose their life that uh, he'll have something to say about it as well. So I- I'm kind of waiting for more to come out. I want to hear from all these people. I want to see this additional information. I want to read what the police write in the police report, right? I don't want the preliminary investigation report. No, I want the police report because that's going to tell a whole lot of things. And I want the body cam to corroborate that police report. So right now, my opinion is I'm a little iffy. Um, It looks bad. I'm not going to lie. I'm watching a video at 2 o'clock in the morning, and it looked bad. I mean, it looks bad. I mean, it looks real bad. Video one, real, real bad. I mean, all you see in video one is some guy walking slowly to his car, and some cop grabs him up and just boom, 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 you know, drops a couple shots. That looked real bad. And, you know, arguably people were furious on Twitter, you know, and arguably so, right? Rightfully so. If you're watching that video, I mean, that looked really bad. Video two, you know, I saw a couple of people who were like, hey, I disagree with what happened, but here's the second angle. And I respect those people because 
they I was on Twitter looking at the comments coming in live and they caught a whole lot of flack. Whole lot of flack. But I respect that. Even if you agree, even if you disagree with what happened to Mr. Blake, if you're still willing to post that additional information, whether it hurts your case or not, I can respect that. And that, that second angle to me was uh was actually very important and I really uh I really did like that I got to see the other angle of things. I haven't got to see too many more videos come out yet. Um, so as of right now, like I said, my opinion more iffy than I would like it to have been. Uh, at first, when I first watched the video, I was pretty cut and dry. Hey, this is bad. That was wrong. Uh, I don't agree with what happened. But another side of me said, wait a minute now, Delvon, chill out. You need to get the other information, man. You need to calm down, get the other information because you don't want to go – you don't want to go saying the wrong things and you don't have all the information. You know, I always tell people, I think information is your friend. Whether it hurts you, whether it hurts your cause or supports your cause, information is your friend, right? So when I saw the second video, when I saw the second video, I was like, ooh, why are we wrestling on the ground with law enforcement, right? Because for me, uh, when I watch those type of videos, where it's not just, hey, walk up, boom, boom, you know, where it's not just as cut and dry. If if I'm watching a video and we're wrestling and fighting with police officers, we're all getting tangled up in, in uh, taser wires, my first thought is, why are we here, right? How do we get here? Not just how did Mr. Blake get on the ground, how did law enforcement get on the ground, right? So I think for me and for hopefully for most people watching this incident, that's your next phase. How do we get here, right? Where's dash cam? Where's body cam? How do we get here? That's my That was my biggest question was why? Why are we here on the ground with Mr. Blake when we were supposed to be responding according to, and this is per Washington Times, CNN, um, you know, a couple of those big news sources, CBS, I even, I even read something on there. Responding to a domestic between two females fighting, but why is Mr. Blake involved? Why is Mr. Blake here? Why is Mr. Blake on the ground? Why is he the one that needs to go in handcuffs? Those are the things that I personally would like to find out, and that's something I personally plan on finding out. But for right now, that's all I have to say about my opinion. And we're going to take a quick break and get a message from our sponsors. And I'll come back and get some other stuff. Hello, everybody. I know you know me, but I'm going to tell you again. I'm your phenomenal host, Delvon. Let's talk about somebody. Let's talk about Anchor. Listen, I use Anchor for Views from the Arch. I've had a previous podcast. I used Anchor on that podcast. I think Anchor is a phenomenal website to use if you're a starting podcaster and you want to get your voice out there. They will help you. They will push your podcast out to places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I think if you're an individual who wants to start a podcast, please consider using Anchor. Anchor is a great website. Simple, easy, and quick to use. All right, and we're back. So, after the shooting, right, and this is the other stuff we're going to go ahead and get into. After the shooting, um, obviously protests erupted. Um, within hours and of nightfall, there were countless buildings, cars on fire, 
Uh, I watched a really tragic video, actually, where an officer, he was just kind of walking. He was definitely a part of uh, what appeared to be the uh, riot uh, riot team, or if some cities call it civil disobedience team. Um, and he got just destroyed by a brick from somewhere in the crowd. And you see him, he gets hit, he falls face first, and he does not move after that. Uh, I actually felt really bad for that guy. Um, you know, during a lot of these incidents, I know it's hard to see the humanity in other people, uh, especially when they're sporting a uniform you're not really that that uh, fond of. But uh, I always do urge people, you know, your pain can only be heard as much as it is re- received, right? So I get it, you know, um, the events that happened made a lot of people angry, and I understand that. However, you know, I saw a lot of very hateful comments towards that officer who got hit in the head, and he's in critical condition, by the way. Um, you know, I have to remind people, you know, he, he is somebody's father, uh, somebody's uh, son, somebody's husband. Uh, people care about that man, right? Uh, he didn't shoot that poor man. He didn't shoot poor Mr. Blake uh, in the back. He wasn't even there. He's just on the scene of a protest or what, what seemed to be to me, honestly, a riot. There's stuff, everything's on fire and we're breaking everything. And I mean, he's just doing his job, you know? Um, I mean, obviously he, you know, he can't, you know, he can't just let you guys burn down entire neighborhoods. And, you know, they were setting entire car lots on fire. Um, so, you know, to hurt, other police officers additionally because of one another police officer's actions doesn't uh, doesn't really help your situation because you don't know how he feels you don't know if he condones that behavior you don't know if he condemns that behavior right so you know he he could say hey i don't agree with that man i don't stand by that man i stand by you now, obviously, we can't make ridiculous requests like, take your uniform off and stand on this side. I mean, unless you're going to pay that man his salary, he's got kids to feed. But, you know, to hurt people additionally because you're angry, you know, I don't think that's uh, I don't think that's going to be very productive. Um, you know, I, I think we need to be careful, you know, when we're trying to convey our anger in these protests that we don't desensitize the other side to our issues because there are more people, you know, both in law enforcement and not who are very sensitive and empathetic to your, uh, your issues, but what they're not going to be empathetic to is you hurting their son, husband, father, right? Those people, you know, those people are going to be turned off by those actions and they're going to be turned off by the rhetoric that follows, right? When the rhetoric is die piggy piggy after, you know, the officer's in critical condition in the hospital after a brick to the head has knocked him unconscious, you know, you can't expect people to then be like, hey, we agree with your anger. They're going to be like, hey, like, we get it. Like, you know, what happened was wrong, but that was also wrong. You know, people aren't going to stand by for a hypocrisy. Right. If we're going to condemn them, we condemn them, but we can't condemn them and then brutalize the ones who didn't do anything and then ask them to be sensitive to us. Right. That's not usually how it plays out. 
So, but amidst protest um, and amidst, you know, some chaos and burning, uh, the mayor of Kenosha, John, that's a name, Anton Armin? Maybe. I believe so. John Anton Armin. Uh, Mr. Anton Armin uh, did put in a curfew immediately, which did absolutely nothing as expected um, because that's just words on paper and people don't really care about that whenever they're protesting. So, he installed a curfew, which, you know, gave law enforcement the right to pretty much perform arrests where they see fit. Um, I've, you know, last time I checked and in the last videos I saw, there are some clashes with police for the most part. They're just kind of letting them do their thing, uh, set stuff on fire. I have seen, you know, just some candlelit marches, you know, which is fair. Um, like I always tell people, candlelit march, down with it. Take it to the courts. I'm down with it. Um, you know, burning things and breaking things and hurting people. I'm not down with it. Uh, you know, we shouldn't destroy other people's livelihoods just because we're angry. And that's just a personal uh, opinion. Obviously, I know some people do disagree with me there. Um, and if you do, hey, teach their own. I'm just saying that uh, that is... My personal preference is that we don't damage other people's livelihood when we're angry, right? I think if you want to go protest on the police department, hey, more power to you. If you want to go protest on on the Capitol Hill or, uh, you know, go protest on City Hall, hey, man, I got you. Protest on the courthouse, boy, I'll meet you there. But when you start talking about breaking windows, looting people's stuff, you know, I'm not with you there. And I know people say, hey, uh, you know, these people have insurance for this kind of thing. You know, not really. Not as much as you think. You know, loot a Walmart. Sure. They got insurance. Macy's. Hey, man, hit them up. They got insurance. Mom and pop. I mean, you just do mom and pop out of work. Right. How are they going to feed? How are they going to put food on the table? How are they going to pay the bills? You know, uh, a lot of people's businesses are getting destroyed aren't actually you know like when they burned that dealership in kenosha that wasn't a ford dealer it wasn't kia it wasn't a maserati right that was some guy with a used car dealership who just watched literally his life earnings and literally his life savings go up in flames and i think to me that's sad you know to me i call him a casualty of the revolution. And that's sad that that person's a casualty to the cause. You know, if you have a cause, you don't want to make people casualties. You want to make them an ally because ultimately now he's what? In layman terms, salty, right? He He's upset. He's very upset. You burned down his dealership. So I always tell people, be very careful about the people you choose to alienate and how quickly you want to alienate them. Um, I don't want to get too far into uh, the movement and BLM and all that. Uh, I will have a segment where I kind of personally talk about that. Uh, right now, we're trying to maybe get a, maybe try to get a, a guest on with an interview, but um, obviously that takes time. Right now, everything's very crazy. Uh, I will say this though: we did reach out to Kenosha for an interview. I was declined. They did tell me, "Hey, we're inundated with calls due to the protest. Not of officers." Our command staff is very busy. You know, hey, I understood that. I told them, you know, I left my number. I did get in contact with somebody 
And they said, check back in a couple of weeks when things kind of calm down and the protests kind of simmer. And uh, we'll, we'll definitely, they said that they would definitely be interested in the interview. We'll see if that cup holds water in a couple of weeks. It may or it may not. You know, things quickly change for people. Um, but I'm hoping to get and hear from Kenosha personally uh, about the situation and what things they're going to do to reform their department after this. Because ultimately, uh, I think police everywhere are going to have to go underneath an extreme change. Uh, I think right now we're seeing a time where uh, police officers, especially, are going to have to start changing a lot of things. Police departments are going to start changing uh, a lot of things. Right? You know, police aren't going to be able to be the same as they once were. You know, and we should be changing things. I think, um, you know, I I think that. You know, why I don't agree with uh, everything that the movement is doing, you know, Black Lives Matter, defund the police. I've even seen abolish police, which to me, that's just ridiculous. But, but once again, I digress to a later episode. Um, I think that we need I think that uh, police need change. And I think that society needs change as well. Um, and I think that we need mutual change so we can see hopefully eye to eye on some things. And I think mutual change is more beneficial than, you know, belittling one side and telling them to be different. You know, uh, like I, like I said earlier in this episode, you need to be careful with the officers, not because they're fragile, they're sensitive because you want them to change. You want them to still kind of protect you. Right. I mean, we see it all the time when a counter protest group shows up, the first thing that the protest group says is where are the cops had to protect us from these people. And they're nowhere. Honestly, I can admit that they're nowhere. You see on YouTube all the time, fights breaking out, vicious fights, you know, people with baseball bats, like it's a freaking sword duel out there. You know, it's, uh, it, it, it's vicious, right? And we don't want that. We want our police officers to stand between two groups and say, listen, you exercise your first amendment, right? They're going to exercise theirs. You guys can scream and holler back and forth. You guys can tweet back and forth, do whatever you guys want to do, make your noise. What we're not going to do is we're not going to assault each other. We're not going to fatally wound each other. And we're not going to assault our law enforcement officers who are just trying to be there to hold that line and say, hey, everybody's rights need to be respected. So like I said, uh, I think that, you know, on both sides needs to be a little more respect. I've seen some videos of officers where I cringe and I'm like, oh, I wouldn't have done that, man. Did not need to do that. Um, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. So back to Mr. Blake, uh, you know, there's been, a, you know, uh, it it's hard to say. I don't like Monday night quarterbacking too much because, you know, I'm not there. I don't know what's being said. I don't know why they're wrestling. I don't know what's going on. I do know this. If he has a knife and he's got it tucked and you are afraid of him, there's ways to avoid that, right? Get space. Back up and get space. Why don't we radio in for some backup? More officers to control the scene. I'm looking at a crowd. I'm looking at easily, you know, they weren't all in frame until later, but there were easily 10 people out there relative to the disturbance, right? Why don't we get more officers on scene? Obviously, two men can't handle 10 people, right? That's too much. You know, if you think he's going to get a gun, you know, you can try to stop him. I'd maybe if, you know, I, I don't know if I'm into really tackling armed suspects. Uh, that's not really the good play because if he does try to stab you or just try to cut you, you kind of put yourself in a position where you have to use that lethal force. 
you know, some people said he was leaving. You know, obviously we don't know that. The officers really don't have the the ability to see through time and space to know that either. You know, I've heard a couple people say, hey, why didn't they just get space, radio for backup? If he did leave, put him out, put him out on warrants, put him out wanted for a crime, you know, leaving, you know, what is it? Uh, some cities call it felony fleeing. Some cities call it leaving the scene. Uh, some cities call it uh, evading of arrest, right? You put him out for whatever those, whatever the respective charges and you, you get him later, right? I've heard some people say, hey, should have followed him to the car. He shouldn't have done that. He should have stopped and they told him to. And he should have went in handcuffs. I'm like, okay, you know, also fair enough. Some people say, hey, you know, they should have tried taser again. Mace, baton. They should, you know, they should have grabbed him on both sides. There are four, you know, there are two or three officers. They should have just grabbed them on both sides, both hands. You know, I say, yeah, you know, maybe we could have maybe done that. You know, I, I'm always very weary when I watch these police videos of officers getting too close to people with knives. <laughs> I've seen a lot of police videos where police shoot people because you're too close to a person with a knife. There's one of you, there's one of him, and you guys are kind of in a weird standoff, and he's closing the distance, and you're not really moving. And now we're like in, you know, pucker factor where we're like, oh, no, and boom, right? Somebody ends up being shot. Um, so that's just my ending two cents. Uh, you know, the biggest takeaway of this is I'm iffy on an opinion about the case. And I will probably remain that way until I get more information, especially if I see body dash cam. And I hope that that officer had body and dash cam because that will either, that will make or break everything. Um, the other part is, you know, I know we're all angry. I know people are mad. Uh, try to show some mutual human respect though. You know, you don't have to destroy people's businesses. Uh, we don't need to be injuring other officers because ultimately those things are just going to escalate situations. They're not going to de-escalate. You're going to escalate the police. You're going to escalate the situation. We're going to add tension. And it, it you know, it just need not be there. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't need to be there. So like I always tell people, exercise your rights, but be careful with harming people and be definitely be careful with destroying their businesses because um that is somebody's life savings, right? That's you don't you wouldn't want it if I came and burned down your store. Well, it's not burned down anybody else's, okay? Um, you know, and obviously, uh, we're gonna try to get more information. And if we do get that body and dash cam, you will see a part two to this. I think that'll need to be discussed. Ultimately, it was tragic, it was a shame, and you know. I am very curious to see how this all ends. But for now, that's all I can really give you. Once again, I am your host, Delvon. This is Views from the Arch. And please feel free to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast and our pages. Please feel free to um, email us. where You can find the comment links below. Also in links below, you can find a link to our uh, Twitter page. Please go to the Twitter and follow for more news. You also find a page to um, our Facebook. I do encourage you to go to our Facebook and follow that as well. We do take questions. I would love to do a Q&A session. We do take suggestions for shows. If you do want to be interviewed and you think you have something you can bring to views from the arch, maybe you're a professional in a certain section, maybe uh like I said, anybody, anything to offer, um, tell, let us talk about how to weld. 
Let us talk about how to build a bridge, right? Let's say you're an architect. Anything really that you think you can bring to the podcast, we're willing to have a have a conversation on the phone or via message, screen you a little bit, see what you bring to the table. If it's a good fit, we'll have you on. And everybody, please, uh, as I always say, in the comment and the links below or in the link above where it says uh, more information, you will find our support section. Uh, the podcast is always and will always be very, very thankful for any amount of support we can obtain. Like I always tell people, that support and that revenue will go towards better equipment, having certain guests on who might want to be compensated for their time and travel so that we can go certain places and visit certain events and try to get those interviews. So I'll say it again. This is Juice from the Arch, and thank you for listening.